that documented Australia's counter-terrorism tools detected autism as a sign of criminality. Rights virtue in the United Kingdom, there are is more calls to aid autistic children's mental health and safety for further investment and support for autistic people in those needing care as as death by suicide still continues to be quite more pre- prevalent than the, in the rest of society at large in non-autistic holistic communities and something that young autistic people face more serious and damaging mental health than their uh, non-autistic uh, peers. In this uh, uh, week has also seen uh, the, the uh, reports on the British United Kingdom's hospital services failing to care correctly for one of its patients as this may be unsimilar to many reports here on programmes like Panorama on the BBC. The BBC documented that uh, a young girl was stranded and stuck in hospital for months. In a general hospital, a young girl named Molly was uh, stranded in a general hospital with security guard often outside her door with uh, the door and was not in the right uh, environment and the right care for her needs. Uh, this is something that in investigation the local hospital authority recognised that they apologised and sorry for. And this is something that National Autistic Society in the United Kingdom recognised that after talking to hundreds of autistic people and the uh, uh, guardians such, and that, uh, that for autistic people uh, they heard from that the autistic people cannot get the right support and care that they rightfully deserve and need. This is something that is likely to be affected more wider in the autistic community and higher greater into the thousands as something that is rightly discussed and reported on within the autistic community. As many often say, the stories of mistreatment and mispractice in and support from the uh, care services and something if you listened to past episodes of the series that people want greater education, awareness and improvement in institutional support and something that campaigner uh, Sarah Jean Harvey has referenced in her episode of the podcast uh, in her activism and public speaking. On today's episode, the, with this discussion of a national scandal within uh, support for autistic people or lack thereof, whether it's that in school um, um, as I say, in health and uh, mental health support. This is something that I explore on this Autistically As new podcast episode with returning guest Rachel Winder. Rachel discusses her petition and idea that she wants to campaign on and is hoping to get signatures to discuss within Parliament. So this episode is rather not so much a discussion around certain cases that was referenced in the introduction, but discusses some of the solutions and what Parliament and Government in the United Kingdom needs to be doing for autistic people to to be able to improve 
the services that are desperately needed to be improved for all autistic people. As Rachel will describe that season, a lost faith in the current system and its ability to regulate and hold itself accountable to autistic people. This is discussed in the chat right now. My name is Rachel Winder. I am a passionate advocate for and with autistic people. I am an autistic ADHDer and I like to share my insight on life through my own autistic lens in hope that I can offer some level of support for other autistic people who are on a journey to discovering where they belong and you know what shape that they were yeah. intended to take as it were you know like a plant that's not growing into a box as the box has been taken off and now they realize they're autistic and they're growing into the shape that nature intended this is some something i tried to do with a podcast like people to discover and learn any would have themselves enough that space to have these conversations and more to see that are important then absolutely yeah and uh so what a reason I had you on today is because you emailed me about this petition you started on the UK government and parliament website. Yeah, so tell me all about this petition. Okay, so basically I am trying to get as many signatures as possible. I need 10,000. I have a press release that a friend of mine helped me put together and I am going to send that to um, media, you know, like the BBC. Yeah, media organisation or that's it yes that's it yeah so and hope that they can help me gain some momentum and then in order to maintain the momentum I was thinking this probably sounds really bizarre but I was thinking of uh, busking in Belper of all places um because I can sing and um I thought maybe I could get someone to come with me and ask people who are passing to sign the petition. So to yeah. use my singing voice as a, I guess, I suppose like a, an attraction to ask people to say, yes, would you like to sign my petition, please? And hope that we gain more and more numbers so that yeah. it, it gets to, you know, it gets through to Parliament because this petition has the potential to change and improve the lives of thousands of autistic people um, to allow them to be, um that you know as nature intended their true autistic selves and um not be met with interventions that set out to in, in inverted commas normalize us and make us appear less yeah. autistic which has been proven to um lead to post-traumatic stress disorder and you know, heavy masking, so autistic masking that then leads to the poor mental health and heightened risk of suicide, which yeah. still stands at nine times higher than not the non-autistic population, which I think in this day and age is appalling. And so something needs to be done about it. And this petition, I hope, will mean the formation of a regulating body that will hopefully protect autistic people from the normalizing interventions such as ABA which is applied behavioral analysis because that that has been proven to cause post-traumatic stress disorder in autistic people and is why so many autistic people are having to clear up the mess that was created by those who thought they were doing the right thing but actually was incredibly harmful yeah as you said Drew, the issue of mental health trauma you know all of these men you know issues that are linked to negative experiences that autistic people face it is a known yeah. fact that death by suicide is the highest cause of death in the autistic community so i understand that this is comes from a place of need and urgent improvements in the care and support that autistic people face. And yes. as the petition reads, this is if, uh, and I link the petition in the podcast descriptor, this is a form of a statutory regulator for autistic for care intervention and therapy for autistic people. So as I said, you know that like a something specifically targeted for autistic people to look at and care their cares, services, healthcare, and reevaluate whether they are working for them. But yes. one, one thing with this I want to ask you about is what is the what do you find is the current 
state of the care system in particularly England as this is where the debate would be happening and he would consist only like a thing that if you were still debated in Westminster would on, on its health issue would only affect uh, be able to be debated about the English health and support system. So what are the problems you faced or you learned from other people that you know that are wrong with the institutions and support services that are autistic people are referred to? For me personally, I would say that from a per- from personal experience and also from shared experience of other fellow autistics, that there's there needs to be a greater understanding of autistic experience within the mental health sector. And that means from the point of contact of any health professional, so whether that be a GP or a social worker, that there are there are many paths that people can go down, the professionals that are, that is, which then lead to misdiagnosis, misunderstandings that then lead to therapies that are or that are intended to support the autistic person. Because I don't think anyone sets out to harm autistic people. I think it's based on the ignorance of the professional who somehow might feel that they're obliged to know what autism is or that their current knowledge on autism. And then that then starts, a, I suppose, like a chain reaction of, right, well, we'll label you this, you'll be giving this medication or sent to this therapy session or whatever. And that then leads to the autistic person being um, mistreated, misdiagnosed and massively misunderstood that then leads to more distress, that then leads to more trauma, that then leads to outward behaviours that then might influence the professional to assume that this autistic person needs more, in inverted commas, help. I guess it becomes sort of like a vicious cycle of into a very dark place for the autistic person. And a lot of the times it's based on someone relying on very rigid criteria, tick boxes, and wanting the autistic person to appear less autistic because the non-autistic professional sees the autistic characteristics as something that needs to be shut down to protect the autistic person when actually if they understood about the mechanics and the reasons for the autistic characteristics like outwardly stimming and many autistic people express themselves that that is frowned upon by the non-autistic population and then the non-autistic professional sees that as okay so I need you to stop doing that so you don't get this negative like comeback Whereas if we actually educated the non-autistic population on the differences between autistic brains and non-autistic brains, that the non-autistic population would come to accept us as a valid community within society and that the society would include us and our societal values because a lot of people say that, well, there's one society when actually it's it's almost as if autistic differences, the differences that are often visually perceived are seen to be wrong when actually they're not wrong. They're just different. I, I, can, I can only see that educating professionals and enabling them to see what it's like to be autistic from an autistic perspective and to actually actively listen to us and take on board what we're saying and not counter-argue our points based on their rigid criteria and actually engage with us rather than make us more like them. It's my aim anyway. If there are more people you know, doing this, the more noise we make and, and the more yeah. integration of differences and helping the non-autistic population see that we are not something to be feared, we are not a threat, we are out to gain our right to a place yeah. within society. I was always thinking of that, very broad stroke of an idea of like how we want people to change perceptions and be re-educated on such an important issue of re-evaluating what like autism should be educated at and should be defined as. And in your petition, which kind of link to this is that you referenced the uh, Autism Act of twenty of 2009 and yeah. that and that was something that was introduced what feels like many of years ago now even though it's only like two decades ago 
And, yeah. and it's something that, you know, since autism is like the definition of autism has changed a lot in the community understanding of autism as of like in terms of like you be like at the time, you know, people would be diagnosed with like Asperger's syndrome and language like that. Yeah. And uh, that neurodivergency would, wouldn't be net recognised. But do you think that there is like something that also you would think that the Autism Act of 2009 would need to be like reevaluated? reassessed and we looked at in in addition to having looking into introducing a regulatory body looking at the care and support services around autistic people have yes the the government have got you know the autism act 2009 and i'm just looking for the other one um because i can't remember the dates but it's it's sort of like i think it's 2021 to 2026 is it yeah you that is the national yeah. strategy that's that's the strategy that's currently going but neither of those have a regulatory body and so there is no regulatory body regulating interventions with autistic people and because autistic people not all autistic people but many autistic people are vulnerable to um professionals who are like unaware of what it means to be autistic and maybe that professional hasn't been given the um option of signposting them to somebody else who does understand it that a lot of professionals feel obliged to well I'm the doctor I should know this and therefore I'll try my best but end up sharing information that has the potential to harm this regulatory body would set out to ensure that um, any intervention with an autistic person that the interventions that were delivered were policed I guess by this regulating body strategies and interventions like ABA and other normalizing um, interventions would not be allowed to ensure that autistic people and their carers understood that they were protected to a degree from these harmful strategies. Deaf people have a register for interpreters. If you employ an interpreter for a deaf person, you have to make sure that, that their name is on this register because the register is responsible for making sure that the interpreter is competent at what they do and has the relevant expertise and experience. So again, it's it's all about making sure that the services and interventions that autistic people receive are regulated, reduce the negative implications that come from Uh, interventions like ABA, yeah. Yeah, as you were saying with that, you know, as you say, we've been legally required access to a a sign language interpreter. The person who's provided Providing the service, their responsibility to yeah. you know to to get an interpreter booked, yeah. and from yeah. from that they have to get them from yeah. this register. So it's that thing of like having you know if they do, aren't pervaded with that, that you know that would be in breach of the law. So it seems yes. that it def- definitely that to introduce uh, you know a regulatory body. That you know, defining what you know services you know what would be against what the regulatory body you know would define as inadequate support yes. or support that would be harmful. Something that sounds like something that the legislation would need updating to ensure that the autistic person would have the correct support. And that if they had incorrect, inappropriate support to hand them, that they could take this to a tribunal as a regulatory body would be able to, because, you know, where they, a regulatory body would be able to investigate this and do what has gone wrong and what broke her legal requirements for yes. that autistic person. When you were mentioning in something like ABA, you know, with applied behavioural therapy, it's something that people within the autistic and neurodivergent community see as a conversion therapy for yeah. uh, autism and neurodivergent brain and behaviours. It's something, as I said, with a conversion therapy, it's like something that how they, uh, uh, people campaign for uh, banning off conversion therapies for uh, like sexuality and uh, transgender. This is something that, you know, like the conversion therapies related to that, that are, you know, campaign to be 
neatly banned. Do you think that something like ABA and anything that, in terms of like disabilities, such as neurodivergent uh, conversion therapies being included in any legislation that would be in banning conversion therapies? Yeah, so I, I, th- I think it'd be something that would grow. It's, it's not something that's ever been established before. So, you, you know, it's not going to be something that's going to be like, bam, and it's immediately incorporates everything. I think it was it would be something that would have to sort of grow almost like an organic an organic kind of state where we establish a foundation of rules that then as it as we move you know through time will grow into the shape that ensures that a many, as many people as possible are protected under this regulatory body but it's more it's more like giving like if you go on google you can google stuff and there's like 95% of the stuff probably more that's like not reliable, potentially harmful, uh, misinformed, massively um, false pejorative narrative surrounding autism. Having this regulatory body would mean that there would be a list, a place for people to go to choose therapies and support and knowing and feeling reassured that this list of interventions had been checked to make sure that they are meeting the code of ethics that would be set by the regulating body. And then with that, enable autistic people to feel that they are legally represented and recognised as having different needs that aren't wrong and that our autistic characteristics are not wrong, they are just different. And with that, enable professionals and carers to access a safer channel in which to navigate the realms of what it means to be autistic, which, you know, there's no one definition of autism because each autistic person is unique. But also with that, it then enables autistic people to feel that they are able to be their true natural autistic selves and also knowledge and insight and have professionals who maybe don't understand enough but have this regulating body who does understand to then signpost them to the right people rather than just letting those professionals just choose whatever way quite often isn't and ends up resulting in harm inadvertently, yeah. most likely harm to autistic people. Yeah, the idea that, you know, you want us to, like, this petition and the debate around introducing the regulatory party to be, like, a seed rather than, like, start of any, and it won't be, like, are oh, indeed in, like, certain, you know, straightforward yeah. and, you know, instant legislation and, you know, like, certain changes within the law, as I guess you were hinting at. Then yes. it, it takes a lot of time to get get these things happen, and you, yeah, yeah. you just want to start a discussion. And I presume yeah. from this, you want to be able to work with different autism rights organisations, like and for people within the community, to establish what this means. Probably understand that so far with your uh, campaign and uh, petition, you still feel probably like one person, and you want yeah. to be able to work with other autistic people to yeah. uh, make this happen but in like starting like uh, such a regulatory body or anything that you know would incorporate like changing how like the support network works for autistic people like to be a cohesive have a more definitive definition of autism and what is negative support and what is uh, positive support I guess you think that autistic people need to be further consulted on and involved in the way uh, parliamentary discussion around this and not as something that is led directly for MPs. Yes so it's it's almost like you know the simplistic to simplify it a gardener who's you know good at their job and understands plants is then able to identify the plant doesn't need to change it's the environment that needs to change if like an autistic person and they a non-autistic person who's never met an autistic person before sees an autistic person and goes well that doesn't feel like something that I'm familiar with it could be something that's not safe when actually not all differences are to be feared and you know you get people who say you know you're sitting in a say if you're sitting in a bar and somebody enters the room everybody looks well yeah everybody does look you know because 
it's not about the person no. who's entering the room personally it's about a new a new person who's entered the room and us looking to identify if they're a potential risk and once we've decided are they a potential risk or not then we can carry on so if the professionals who often have first contact with autistic people then have a list of accredited professionals or um, societies who signpost people to then that means there's more control over who this autistic person yeah. has contact with because if like you know children in schools in mainstream schools if they don't have a diagnosis quite often the school won't do anything about it when actually under the equality act you don't need a diagnosis in order to meet needs you have to identify need which is why i always say to people don't sit and wait on the waiting list for a diagnosis because the actual diagnosis doesn't get you anything again this would be on this would be on the register accredited occupational therapist speech and language therapist educational psychologist who have a good commandage of the subject of autism and have the positive narrative who are then able to observe and identify the profile of that individual to enable them and those around them to support them as that person has a right to be supported and not to be shut down. It's all about approaching the right people. You know, an autistic child doesn't have the privileges of, of a lot of adults in the sense yeah. of, you know, being able to choose to stay or go. If they're in mainstream education and the education in itself, yeah. you know, children's right to an education is protected by law. Yes, it but is. the right to an education that doesn't harm is yeah. not protected by law. So this hopefully this regulating body would tighten up that, make it less likely that autistic people are yeah. interacting with those who have the potential to harm them. What do you think the issues currently with either the current health health boards or the health regulating bodies that would regulate a standard you know, health service in the NHS or the current Ofsted services? And do you think that any of them would be able to be reformed to ensure that, like, if a um, school of mainstream education or, like, a general practice in a surgery could be able to, and, like, be revaluate the understanding and regulate within the institutions, whether that they are providing, like, a support for autistic and neurodivergent people within the services, as you say that, I guess, a lot of the, the idea of developing this regulatory body would also be a way of creating a new network of registered, you know, services for autistic people at terms of diagnosis and discovery to have that kind of library or sets and like record of being able to have one like stop shop to find the right correct services for that. But what do you think of the current uh, state of regulation in terms of education and health care? So it seems really like a postcode lottery yeah. where I've experienced services in Sheffield that for me have been absolutely spot on. They've listened to me, actively listened to me and my needs and allowed me to have an element of control which has enabled me to be less anxious therefore more able to articulate my needs and share my insight in an environment that feels safe. And then there are other health sectors where I've spoken and immediately I feel not listened to. I don't feel I've got an element of control. I feel like I'm being dragged by the seat of my pants um, and that's terrifying. And then I become more anxious, then less able to articulate in a way that doesn't make me appear to be some sort of neurotic female who's trying to articulate myself. But because I'm my anxiety is heightened, my um, access to my executive functioning is impaired because I'm anxious. And like any human being whose anxiety is heightened, our executive function inhibition increases. So um, it's all about creating an environment where we feel safe, heard, an element of control. And that isn't exclusive to the autistic community. That's, it. That's like a, human, a basic human need to feel heard, to feel that you yeah. belong, to feel a sense of control. And that they're, they're things that I feel sh uh, that should be a basic thing that should be implemented and, 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 and be a given. So I guess it's a slot you feel that the current... Uh regulatory services 
for edge case and and healthcare and sports to regulate uh, autistic and neurodivergent support and it's that tricky something of having it you know like you've I guess you don't feel that it can be correctly you know reformed the like the specific education and healthcare services on that there may be like a body to ensure that they are regulated yes. in terms of like being able to support uh neurodivergent and autistic people and I guess you want to have that complaints process or the uh, you know the appeal process of an autistic person going into the regulatory body and contacting them with forms I guess to make that more accessible for them yes if all humans benefit and because of that they are then able to better access education and therefore learn more and feel safe and feel like a valued member of society um then surely just applying that as a blanket approach which doesn't harm the non-autistic people enables autistic people to feel a sense of belonging and safety and if it benefits all human beings why is that not something that can't just be implemented as a given? As yeah. a name, it's just the foundation for all human needs. Because, you know, like I always say, a reward to one person could be seen as a a punishment to another. You know, it's all about perspective. That is not the case. And I think the the sooner that environments are adapt, that enables us to function at our best, it's always assumed that we, the autistic people, are the ones who have to make the changes when we we don't have those privileges to make those changes. And as children who don't have the adult privilege to decide on whether they stay or go in school they have to go to school by law but if that school schooling or that education system is harming them and because the harming isn't obvious because it's you know they haven't got bruises and cuts and grazes but they're all happening internally then they're just like well we'll just carry on well why when there's all this research to show that the harm is going to happen it's just you can't see it I don't understand this issue with not being able to see something therefore it's not there well so you were saying that you know that you find that you know education uh, like authorities and healthcare authorities you know like aren't up to scratch within the main mainstream services and you feel that they aren't able to reform themselves and yeah. so like with that I guess you had like been able to read many people's lived experiences yeah. and you know like situations of their health services or health boards that have felt, felt sort and of course like we seen like many kinds of these things they've like reported on like sorts like BBC program in terms of like healthcare and health services and yeah. in terms of these things you know it seems that unless there are neurodivergent autistic people leading these healthcare reforms and can and consulting what needs to be regulated and what should be the defined issues of what in positive and negative uh, uh, you know service so yeah. do you feel that, that this is something that when it comes to debate in Parliament that you would like to see them say that the consultancy for this and wherever it goes on with this, you know, regulatory board that this should be led by autistic and neurodivergent people, not, you know, holistic people who don't have the, you know, lived experiences of yeah. autistic people who yeah. use services. Yes, absolutely. So, so like um you know if if you're going to if if you say for example I mean this this pre- this seems pretty simple to me but um you know I'm not assuming that everybody else sees it this way because I think in pictures so yeah if you're going to find out what it might be like to be blind you don't go and ask sighted people you ask blind people and you don't just yeah. ask one blind person because that's one blind person's perspective of what it's like to be blind because obviously you can be born blind and acquire it uh, yeah. you know acquire it sort of um in your lifetime um whereas for autistic people you are born autistic it's not something you acquire and it is you know genetic and it isn't a mistake if you're going to rely on the medical model and the dsm criteria to decide what autism is then you're relying on data that came from traumatized autistic people assessed in environments 
that couldn't and wouldn't meet need, therefore causing more distress and only getting the feedback of what autistic people, how they might present when, again, further traumatised. To me, that seems like massively unethical. And how is that even still running today that we decide on whether somebody's autistic based on a criteria that comes from research that was gained in that unethical way? And I think sometimes when people learn this, they're horrified that this is actually happening. But again, this is why I'm trying to push for this petition to get a regulatory body, because I think it's, you know, now it's enough is enough. We know If we know what we know now and we're not doing anything about it, yeah. then surely that is not OK. And so yeah. this hopefully could be if it's seen in Parliament and hopefully passed and is allowed to be set up has the potential to save thousands of autistic people's lives. And that includes those people who don't yet know that they're autistic. Because again, regardless of what statistics say, if not, if I went, if I if I went to the age of 40 not knowing I was an autistic ADHD, how many other people are in this, you know, will are like that to this day, not knowing that they're autistic ADHD, but just thinking that they're a broken human being because they're constantly being given expectations that never belong to them. And that to me is what I always say, you know, expectations belong only to the person who created them and they have no right to place those expectations on other people because they have the potential to harm. And if I understand myself, I can then create my own list of expectations based on my own abilities. So like in the morning when I get up and I'll go, right, you know, my profile never stays the same yeah one day I I'm able to articulate myself well other days I'm not able to speak some days I'm able to be quite physically active and get jobs done around the house other days I'm not able to be physically active at all some days I am mentally active but not physically so it's you know that kind of just waking up seeing what I can expect of myself from that day and then basically planning my day around my ability to function and that's what I always say to people don't own the expectations of others because they they don't know you like you know you yeah and I guess from this it seems like you know it's trying to like get uh, parliament to really like represent and democratize uh, support for autistic people and ensure that on like issues that affect us we yeah. are re- represented and I guess this is going beyond just a regulatory body and open to have wider conversation that makes the autistic people feel more represented on areas that affect themselves and by yeah. the seems this this potential artist may think that you know, whether like cross government departments, like whether it's like looking at like the home department of uh, you know, policing and to to like justice in terms of like legal aid, legal support for autistic and neurodivergent people under to whether to the like the benefit system of department work and pensions. It seems that you might think that there's you know a call for conversation wider around, you know, like areas where as you say that autistic people haven't feel included, listened to, and you know, are contributive to autistic people's trauma and where the state, the government, parliament seem to be not understanding autistic people, not listening to autistic people, and making them feel excluded from the political conversations around the issues. Yes, and because, you know, for a lot of things to become legal, obviously it has to go through that system. Yeah. So, although my petition doesn't seem to have got much um you know gained much momentum i think that's probably because there are so few people who understand the implications of harmful interventions for autistic yeah. people and so this is why i was thinking if i explain like with you aaron yeah why and the importance of this regulatory body yeah. um that hopefully it might help people see that okay i have the potential to add my name to this petition that could improve the quality of life and also save the lives of autistic people regardless of whether you are autistic or know an autistic person we are human beings all autistic people are humans but not all humans are autistic and I think that if you're that kind of person who's happy to contribute regardless of whether you're autistic you're not or you know an autistic person that you contribute on the basis of everybody has a right to feel accepted to be themselves 
and that by contributing to this petition, you are just by your one vote increasing the chances of autistic people being protected yeah. by legislation that stops us being normalised, you know, and to, to sort of grow up and think that there's something wrong with you yeah, um, and that you don't belong and that your way is different and it's less. Well, that's, that's massively harmful. And if the statistics of suicide comparing non-autistics with yeah. autistics is nine times higher for autistic people compared to non-autistic people, and we're in 2023 with all of the access services, resources, the internet, all of this that we have access to, yeah. and there's nothing to protect us, then this is why I'm like, this This is hopefully the start of something that has the potential to protect us and enable us to be our true, authentic, authentic yeah. autistic selves, you know? Yeah, and it's like there's no uh, democratic channels that are open to all artists, everyone, you know, universally throughout the country. I said this, like, uh, parliamentary petition uh, to start the conversation on autism, you know, autism rights and autism issues as yeah. like from your past experiences, you know, when you've been on a podcast, yeah. I was referencing your experience when you went on a BBC and talking about the social media conversation. Yeah. As it seems like a lot, lot of the conversations I tried to have is about, you know, like changing the narrative of what people discuss about autism in in the mainstream media and it's something that you feel dissatisfied and since there's no uh, autistic openly autistic people within the Westminster Parliament anyway that you know people do feel excluded yep. from it so uh, I think I assume that it's just finding your way to get people talking about autism issues and trying to put them onto an agenda and uh, you know parliamentary uh, you know uh, questions and within a parliamentary debate yes so so the thing i found is with not all media but some yeah um it's all about it all seems to be focusing on sensationalization so um which i disagree with because you know this is about real people's lives and the quality of their lives and for me as an autistic adhd to have experienced the distress and trauma that I have, and that that's a constant battle, internal battle of mine. So while I'm having to deal with my own internal trauma, and then also having to navigate a world that isn't designed for me in mind, while also trying to parent two neurodivergent children is incredibly difficult, incredibly challenging. And this is not something to be taken lightly because I'm not the only person experiencing the difficulties and having to, you know, basically the same situation that I'm in. I'm not the only autistic person that's, that's living this. Um, and I think that to be acknowledged as an autistic person with my own unique autistic characteristics and being invited to feel that I can be my true autistic self is a huge is a is a it's not even it's not a gift it's not a talent it's not I think it's I have a right to be my true authentic authentic self as yeah. long as I'm not harming myself or those around me why can't I just be myself why yeah. is it that me stimming in public is frowned upon and I'm expected to stop doing it for the comfort of others well I'm doing this to comfort myself because the environment is incredible incredibly challenging and for a non-autistic person who doesn't have to stim because their environment is designed with their brain in brain type in mind to ask me to subjugate my needs when their needs are always being met and mine aren't I think is incredibly offensive rude arrogant and ignorant and so if people who are using say um you know a product that's a fruit with a bite taken out of it um, designed by an autistic person and yes they make lots of money and I personally find because of being a visual thinker their products work with my brain wiring but again it's about okay so an autistic person created this and 
we're making money from this. Therefore, it's okay to be autistic in this way. But if you're autistic in a way that actually causes me discomfort, yeah, I think that's incredibly rude and dismissive and fickle and uh, short-sighted and the rest of it, all those other negative words that go with it. And to kind of go, actually, the stuff that you do as a non-autistic person that causes me distress, but I have no right to ask you to change because I know I've been raised to feel like I'm not a valid member of society and that you are and that I should um, try to be more like you when actually I'm fine as I am and I can be my true authentic autistic self just like you can be your true authentic non-autistic self. Um, So again it's all about giving us a platform to share our experiences so that our differences aren't feared they are just accepted because it almost almost like our stimming becomes background noise the more the more people see it, the less of a difference it will be, therefore the less fear. And hopefully with that, the less sort of um, shutting down of our natural autistic ways. Yeah, exactly. And it's something that it seems that from, uh, you know, doing this petition and, you know, speaking out on this issue, that it seems that you hopeful for trying to, uh, like, inspire, galvanise and listen to other autistic people and get a more communal feel on this. And, yeah. you know, uh, open up to conversation in spaces yeah. where we should feel included and viewed and just carving out the space where we should do that. Yes. And it's great, you know, like doing it because, you know, it's something that, you know, I guess you hope to see like a growing, you know, con- like conversation and support on such issues and I guess trying to inspire people to, if they got their own ideas to, res- you know, uh, resolve things and improve yeah. things to be able to, to put them forward and it's yeah. great to see that you you already got like up to four one hundred forty two signatures now, anyway. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, it's increased a bit since we've been talking. Oh, that's and, good! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, and one thing I wanted to ask you about this is, you know, you like it specifically states uh, interventions, uh, like regulated care interventions and therapy for autistic people. Did you think that maybe this should included, uh, like people with like learning difficulties, learning different uh, disabilities or intellectual disabilities that also can render the neurodivergent umbrella and the neurological conditions that can co-occur with autistic people. Yes, absolutely. So my take is that the services, so the, the regulatory um, body itself would then have sub um, categories to support autistic people in all, you know from all walks of life because um, it would need to meet need on an individual basis and that must always remain uh, the main focus and not saying right well this person has this 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 and this label therefore we should do this it should always be about meeting need on an individual basis and with that connecting with an autistic person establishing how they work, what works best for them, um, establishing a common uh, channel to communicate Um, whether that be visually, um, verbally, written, however that person, however that person is able to communicate that we are, again, like I said before, meeting need on an individual basis. So it it would need to incorporate the expertise of other autistic people to run the subgroups who are experienced, both lived experience and acquired experience um, from working with other autistic people with learning disabilities and those with learning difficulties because they're you know very different and making sure that the resources, the interventions are almost like, you know, identifying that, okay, within this regulatory body, this service is going to be useful, but we need the added um, connection of this other service as part of this regulatory body with people who are um, lived experience and acquired experience in the sense of knowledge and professionals and qualifications that enable us to work as a team to support the individual autistic. I'm just, I was asking that, you know, like for those who have ever, you know, those ever like neurodivergent or neurological conditions like intellectual disabilities to learning disabilities and difficulties. Do you think that in a way to umbrella that, like it should have been worded to also include them beyond autism? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 
Well, it would have it would have been ideal to be able to do that, but sadly, whether it's quite rigid in the uh, character count, which includes the spaces between the words. So, the title only had eighty characters allowance for the petition, and then the next section again is limited. So, it took me a long time to, um, with the support of um, Nick Chown, helping me because um, my my command of English is okay, you know, but it's not as good as Nick's, and he was able to help me find the right words so I explained to him what I was wanting to achieve I wrote it all down and then he helped me kind of fit it into the word count because I tend to be quite flowery and go on (laughs) Um, and so he helped me you know fit it into the word count so it's because it's not because I haven't considered that it's actually just because when you write uh, if you're going to create your own petition you are restricted as to how many words you're allowed so that's why I had to limit it and like uh, it's something that sounds that if you were to be able to put, you know, like involved to speaking out on this system further than this podcast and saying more than what you have here, then, yeah. you know, like it was it's something that you probably would address, you know, yes. in like the future beyond this. Yes. So, so the, the again about the restriction of the word count. Yeah. It always has to maintain that it's about autistic people, regardless of additional yeah. disabilities, additional characteristics, um, additional labels. The person has to be identified as autistic, whether that be a clinical diagnosis or self-identification. Um, so, again, it's under the umbrella of being autistic. So because non-autistic people can experience additional disabilities separate from being autistic, that's why I just chose as in the word autistic and autism, because if I start, if I just had it being learning disabilities or learning difficulties and whatever, then that could include non-autistic people, which is not what I want, because non-autistic people already have that protection because the world is designed with their brain type in mind. So mine is about focusing on autistic brains and how we process the world and that we don't have the same privileges that non-autistic people have. So, again, that's why I just said autistic people. I did actually want to say folks, but I didn't know whether that would be allowed in a government petition. But, yeah, Yeah. so, Um, yeah. So, as I said, you know, we're making it specific to autistic people then. And, you know, it's something that you, like, will make clear, you know, like the press statement and yes. so you're saying that you like listen to press statement so where will people be able to uh, find out more from this and yes. where should people be expected to learn more find more about this campaign yes absolutely so if you click on the link which and just sign the petition it's really quick it doesn't take much time once you've signed it you just have to click on the link that you'll get sent to your email so check your junk mail you know because sometimes they do go in there by mistake and then all you've got to do is click on the link and that's it done you can also yeah. click to say that you want to follow you know you want to hear what happens yeah yeah so if you know any anybody and everybody can sign this petition please sign the petition and be reassured that you are doing your little bit to contribute towards improving the lives of thousands of autistic people and one thing last one thing i want to ask you is about like that's a sprung to mind is about the Oliver McGowan uh, campaign to introduce better, like, healthcare training. And I think you might be aware of that campaign by Oliver McGowan. Yes, and so yeah. what do you, do you think of that campaign and how do you think that has helped improve uh, support for autistic people and people with learning disabilities, you know, in uh, healthcare? Yeah, I think this is... Uh, I, can't, I don't think the words I'm going to say are going to do any justice. I think... Um, the fact that it's mandatory training is absolutely amazing and has the potential to save thousands of lives and improve the experiences of autistic people and autistic people with learning disabilities um, within the health sector, the autistic people and their carers and loved ones, and assume that they know best because of their medical training, which hasn't included, historically included, the needs of autistic and learning disabled people, which has resulted in, you know, thousands of deaths 
that could have been avoided. And to someone, you know, who, if this hasn't happened to you, you just go, well, it, it happens to other people. It doesn't happen to me. Um, you know, to be disabled isn't, isn't something like you're not part of an exclusive group where it only happens to you. Anybody at any point in their life can become disabled because I, I can't remember it's quite a while ago, probably last year I was reading up about the percentage of people who still look down on disabled people as being lesser individuals than non-disabled people. And I just find that I just find it mind boggling that people still today have that belief that disabled people are are lesser. And so if there are professionals working in hospitals um, and they are yeah. interacting with autistic and um, learning disabled people and their assumption is that they're a lesser person, then and then again, if that person can't advocate for themselves and their carers are, and loved ones are having to do that and then the health professional is ignoring that, to me, that's a massive red flag of you really need to step back from this job and, you know, continue your professional development with training like the um, Oliver McGowan mandatory yeah. training. I think, you know, it, it can it can only improve things as okay. they are now because it cannot it cannot continue this way. And anyone who loves somebody else, yeah. imagine them being in that same situation and you not being able to have any influence on what healthcare they're given. And then somebody else who doesn't know them but is qualified to give a medication that then results in yeah. the death of your loved one. I think then you'd probably be saying, actually, this, this should be just a given. It should just be part of their training. And if they yeah. don't pass it or at any point they, you know, go against the ethics of the training, um, yeah. that they are, you know, not allowed to practice yeah, until yeah. they can show that they are competent at meeting the needs of disabled people. Yeah. And, you know, this, this is something that was incredibly important thing for Paula McGowan, Oliver McGowan's mother to have done. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's been incredible things done after the tragic loss of her son. Mm-hmm. So that deep with its cheap hospital staff into yep. uh, what uh, specific healthcare and understand and, and listening to autistic people have and I think this like idea of a regulator kind of it's like kind of builds on that and makes you all that stuff is yep. regulated Absolutely, at the national yeah. level and, and from that what you were saying earlier about you know like self-identification of uh, autism sort of being included in this so do you think that the, like as all of McGowan's, uh, you know, campaign has been, ma- you know, mandated now in uh, law and such. Yeah. But do you think that should be the same for people who self-identify as autistic people, so they uh, can legally identify or be mandated identify as autistic without, yeah. you know, or, or you know, or, uh, opposition from a medical professional. And that the regulator said, you know, into that. Yes, absolutely. So if I, regardless of whether I have a diagnosis or not, I have a right to have my needs met. Um, And if my basic needs are not being met, and then that's resulting in me experiencing distress and therefore harm, then surely I have a right to have those needs met so I don't experience distress and then harm. Um, To me, it's all about saying autism isn't a disease there's you know there's no cure there should never be a cure that's looked for and um i strongly believe that if you got rid of all autistic people that the human race would be done for the variety of brain types is in my opinion essential for our survival yeah um do you know if i'm talking about a petition do you think but you encourage people you know if they sign a petition and of course within the united kingdom to you know ensure that it does get debated in parliament and by mps tune up to debate this if it does get through the threshold of the 10,000 signatures that you know right into the local mp to encourage that they support this and would attend a debate on this 
But do you yes. encourage people to write to a local MP? Yes, absolutely. Definitely. So my local MP, Pauline Latham. Yeah. And I have been communicating with Pauline Latham for many years now to help me fight for the rights for my child to an education that doesn't harm. And because of, um, I basically like to do this petition, I asked, you know, is there any regulatory body? And if there isn't, which I believe there isn't, how do I go about doing this? And so Pauline replied to me explaining what was already in place with the government, which is what I mentioned with the Autism Act and the strategy 2021 to 26, um, and that there was no regulatory body, which is why I mentioned it in the petition to say that there isn't a regulatory body and that there needs to be one so that autistic people are protected and that we are allowed to be our true authentic selves and thrive as autistic people, not just cope. And so the response I got was, you know, I can't sign the petition. I can't really get involved because they've got so much so much other stuff going off, which I totally appreciate um, but I mentioned that I'd communicated with them and that I'd also delivered autism training to Parliament before and that would they be interested in, you know, what happens and, and what I was asking for. Um, so I sent I sent Pauline the content of my petition and she responded with, uh, yes, please keep me up to date with, you know, what happens so if anybody else would like to communicate with their local MP or because I think that's what you have to do, you have to communicate with your local MP to say that you believe yeah. in this and that you are behind it, then that would be great. But I think for now, we need to get as many names on the petition as possible to gain and to give it the power that it needs in order to get to Parliament for it then to be considered. So hopefully with this that you've kindly um, given me the space for, Aaron, and that my other the friend who uh, Vicky who has given me the um, press release support then hopefully this can gain some momentum and get the you know get the names and numbers yeah. behind it that it needs in order for it to get to parliament and actually be considered and keeps kind of making more and more people aware of why this is important and how influential this governing body this regulatory body could be then maybe so if anybody's willing to share add their name I would great 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 appreciate it and I'm sure many other autistic people would also thank you for giving them the opportunity yeah. to be protected um, from you know the potential of harm from those who really don't understand what it means to be autistic it's all about I suppose essentially meeting need on an individual basis um, and accepting that differences are valid and essential and that all humans have a right to feel accepted and to you know and to appreciate that the word disability is not a dirty word you know it's not something to be ashamed of and that anybody can become disabled and that autistic people are disabled often because the environments that we're subjected to and expected to perform within with a skill set that we are not innately born with is you know just so unrealistic and harmful and inhumane and we have a right to thrive just as the non-autistic population do. And I hope that one day I and others like me won't have to keep petitioning for a right to be our natural autistic selves. I'd like to thank Rachel Rinder even for coming on a podcast yet again, the second time this year, and the first person to be a choice in a full in length interview it's been great to be able to have somebody to come on and put an idea that they wanted to come on a podcast about as they emailed me about the petition they wanted to promote and get people to sing and i'll ensure that the petition is linked in the episode descriptor so whatever podcast platform you're listening on when you look at about this episode you'll be able to find a link if you wish to sing and look at that petition and a link so that you'll be able to find it when you go on to www.newrainbowproject.com if you click on get to know uh, the guest section on the new cast area of the website you'll be able to click on Rachel Rinder's 
web section and link you to that petition on the website. And if you want to contact the podcast on your thoughts about the petition and any other ideas of what you uh, would like to hear on the podcast or any ideas of what would make things better for you as a neurodivergent person, get in touch by emailing neurocast at arocreo.com and then you can, after you go into emails neurocast at arocreo.com you can also uh, get in touch on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at Neuro Rainbow Project and on Twitter at Neuro Rainbow UK. Uh, as I said, that's where you can find us on social media. And yeah, as I said, on those social medias, you also will be able to find links to the petition to make them be more widely accessible. In this uh, returns part of the series, I wish to discuss more of uh, important issues and maybe build on and elaborate on some of the content we discussed on this episode. But next week I got a Liberal Welsh Liberal Democrat uh, town councillor in uh, Northern Wales, uh, uh, Lena Serafarat, and she'll be discussing her autism diagnosis and what was it like when she was in school in uh, and masking as a young teenager and at primary age and how she's got involved in politics and you know being able to uh, do stuff like campaigning and what's her experience of working as being and the Hopefully you can check out any past episodes if you haven't listened to the podcast before. Remember, subscribe, rate, review, make sure you let people know about this podcast. This has been a podcast hosted by myself, Autistically Aaron, and this is an Avo Audio production for the Rainbow Project.